Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining me for a special announcement. To help me share the news, I'd like to introduce you to some awesome people. Well, I'd like to, but they're not here yet. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if... Wait. I think I have something. Hey, I think it's working. I got something. Yeah, looks like we're in. Yeah, but which one? We've got a bunch of podcasts on the list. Is it Demipia? Oh, or maybe Orpheus Protocol? No, I think it's Steel Empire. Sounds like it's Dungeons and Chill. Might be for crits and giggles. Maybe it's Skyrend. Guys, who cares? Look, let's get our message out there before we lose signal. Anyone hearing this message, we, we, we are cast for change. And we are on a mission to make the world a better place. But we need your help. Together, we can start a movement all over the world, one random act of kindness at a time. Whether it's buying a stranger a cup of coffee, or the person in line behind you, their lunch. Volunteering at a shelter, or for a charity in the community. Or even offering some sort of free service, like lawn care for a day. No act of kindness is too small, and won't go unnoticed. Let's show the world true kindness and unconditional love still exists. We've left special instructions with the revolutionaries running this feed so you can help us change the world. Revolutionaries, pay out the instructions we sent you, and be sure your listeners' acts of kindness are dutifully rewarded. It's time to cast for change. Did you catch all that? We were just barely able to pick up the signal. We here at Seasons of Skyrend have teamed up with some great folks across the podcasting community. This group includes us, Seasons of Skyrend, obviously, but we have also teamed up with Crit Fail Podcast, Demipia the Third Age, Drinks and Droids, Dungeons and Chill, Orpheus Protocol, Slurred Science, Steel Empire, Stranger Lands, and You Meet in a Tavern. Our mission is simply to make the world a better place. We call it cast for change. And here's how you can be a part of it. We want you to go out and commit an act of kindness. This can be for someone in your life, in your community, or a total stranger. There's a lot going on in the world these days that can make life difficult. It's our goal to turn that around, one good deed at a time. And of course, we want to thank you for your kindness. The talented people at Nightshade Creations have generously donated gifts for us to include in a giveaway as part of this mission. Each podcast involved will be giving away what they colorfully refer to as a dish of shame, which not only serves as a dice tray, but a place where you can punish and shame your dice for failing you. I'm just guessing Vale would have loved one of those in Honey Hollow. I've seen some of their work, and it's beautiful. If you want to know more about Nightshade Creations, you can find them on Twitter at JBNightshade, on Facebook at Nightshade Creations, or on their website, nightshadecreations.com. Now, here's how you can be a part of this movement. Go out and do your act of kindness. It doesn't matter how big or how small, as long as you mean it, then go to Twitter and tell us about it, adding in our Twitter handles. That's at Skyren Podcast for our show, and at Cast for Change for our movement. That's Cast, the number four, Change. You have until September 15th, 2017 to enter. All entries, no matter how big or how small, will be considered. You can only enter once per show, but there's no reason to let the kindness stop there. The following week, 
we will select our winner at random. But really, when people are kind to one another, everyone wins. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to ask. I want to help you in any way that I can. Well, thank you for listening to me ramble on about this amazing movement. I'm so proud of everyone involved with Cast for Change. And now, it's time for Seasons of Skyrend. Welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5th edition D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore the world around them. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Grey, or Grey the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the Human Monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. The city of Honey Hollow seeks justice for the death of young Cortland Fortenberry, and Captain Thorne has placed Vale square in her sights. Despite the expedited nature of the trial, they do have the right person. Each side will grasp its straws, be they real or imagined, to prove their case, spinning truths into lies and weaving falsehoods with facts. Which will prevail, and what will be uncovered in the trial? It is the morning of the trial, and the citizens of Honey Hollow file into the courtroom. Most of them are just looking for some measure of closure. Captain Thorne, Earl Moore, and Maraska have taken their positions at the front of the room. They each have a small folder and appear to be deep in thought at this time. A pair of guards escort Kara to a wooden stool to the side of the judge's table. The courtroom is filled with low conversation as the final participants enter. Darvin. You're free to sit wherever you want with the populace. You don't have a set spot since you're not the defendant or the council. Arnis, you are escorted past the benches. There's a spot up there at the front for you. Chair, little table. You can also confer with Kara if you want at this point. And Kara, the stool you're escorted to is hard and short. (laughs) Aside from Arnis, no one is really allowed to approach you. Point of portly order. Arnis, you know that each of the city leaders can grant or call for a short recess if the need or occasion arises. There's a short period of time before the court is called to order where you are all allowed to converse, uh, either among yourselves or with others in the group. So what do you do? Well, I want to talk to Kara, obviously. All right. I need to know at this point if there's anything you know that I don't know. In hushed tones, and if you need me to roll a stalls check, I will. Nah. Um, you can assume that everybody's talking, right? Yeah, yeah. The people out on the benches are talking uh, every once in a while. Yeah, so the city leaders might say something to each other, but no, it's not quiet. There's Nobody's just a murmur of conversation. Yeah. Um, 
there's a potential that something may have happened to Lord Fortenberry or our victim's father. Courtney that, Senior. That, that could help us, so we may need to try and make that come out at some point. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I can honestly say I didn't do it. Just because you didn't do it doesn't mean you didn't have a hand in it. Am I right? I can neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> You're so not helping me here. So hey, not helping me. It would, should this have happened, help prove that there at least is someone else operating that's not me. Because when it would have happened, I was in the bar. I couldn't have done it. That's why you were in the bar. I was wondering why you were in there making a ruckus. Oh, it all makes sense now. Okay. Uh, do you, you know what this guy looks like? Who, the, the guy who would have done it? The dad. Oh, the dad? Uh, yes, I do. I saw him. Is he in the courtroom right now? Because I don't know what he looks like. Roll perception. 14. He does not appear to be in the courtroom at the I moment. I don't see him. Okay. If he turns up, you need to let me know. Okay. Because if he's not here, I can, I can wonder at that aloud. There's that. Um, I'm trying to remember if I... Do I know about all the other stuff? Do I know about the plans and the note that I would reiterate anything that we've covered in our review to okay, you that I would Okay, that's know. fine. Sure. I just want to make sure that... The weapons plans, the... Which yeah. I haven't seen. So, like, yeah. anything they have in evidence, I need to actually be able to take a look at before we really get started. That's fine. I can ask for that. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to look over the evidence as it's presented. Okay. Anything else? I don't think so. Is there anything else I need to know? Should this go south? Do we have an exit strategy? We have a caved-in tunnel. But okay. I don't know how to get any of our shit out of here. Okay. Darvin, before the courtroom's called to order, is there anything you would like to do? Pretty much everybody in the town is here. So if there's anybody you want to talk to real quick, or any information you want to pass along to anybody... I mean, I've told Arnis everything I know, like, about the secret tunnel, etc. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think I trust Arnis to use that information more than I trust myself, because I know that he is better at... Oration? Yeah. Than me? You've been on the opposite side of my oration before and lost. Yeah. Big time. But then I got you out of jail because you I'm a nice sabotage my plans. So I think the only thing I really need to do is just talk to the people sitting next to me and try and... Sway their opinion? Yeah. Not that it'll necessarily matter, but it could... Okay. What would you like to say to somebody seeing it? Like, oh, you know, shit like, this trial is a sham. They don't have any evidence. Evidence? <laughs> evidence. Look at that nice girl. You don't think she could kill someone, do you? That's preposterous. She's so tiny and helpless. Yeah. She's merely a bar wench. Yeah. Roll persuasion. Thirteen. There's an orc lady <clears throat> named Fran next to you. And she says, oh, I've never met her before, but she looks so harmless. I've seen scarier things in the bedroom. Me too. <laughs> that doesn't work, I believe you have, yes. Mm. Uh, in which case, if all you want to do is chit-chat with your neighbor, I think we're ready to go. That's all I can think of. Oh. Sorry, Cara. It's all good. It's all right. You'll have time to do stuff. All right. Earl Moore picks up a rather small gavel, both heads of which are styled like little honey dippers. He taps it calmly on the table... And the room settles into a quiet. He addresses the room. We are here today to determine the guilt for the murder of Cortland Fortenberry Jr. The mayor, Maroska, as he motions over to her, has declined to make a formal accusation. As a show of neutrality, I have followed suit. Captain Thorne has brought to trial one Kara Frostfall. 
You see, motions over to you, sitting on the bench car, or on the stool. On the stool. I want to thank her, and all those who assisted, for all their hard work in this expedited timeline. Uh, before we begin, let me say that no matter the verdict, we mourn his loss, and our hearts go out to his father and sister-in-law. Would the defense like to make an opening statement? I would. Proceed. <clears throat> Yields the floor to you. Uh, first, is he here? 18. No, Cortland Sr. First, and I'm, I apologize, I'm not sure, how should I address all of you? Like, collectively? The court. There's just the court? Yeah. All right, that works. You look over, there is no jury of peers. No, I, I know that. So, like, um, first, I would like to ask the court if, if we feel it is appropriate to begin without the victim's father present. Surely he would like to be here to see. Do you allow them to respond? Yeah. Okay. Earl Moore will say, we do fully intend to have Mr. Fortenberry testify at the trial. However, he was recuperating in another room. We will bring him in when, as appropriate. Re- Re- recuperating? I'm. I, I. I apologize. I'm shocked. From what? What could have possibly happened to him in the last week? He apparently had a very rough night, so he will come in for his statement, but he will not stick around much beyond that. Um. A rough night? Well, that's very odd. Do these sorts of rough nights happen often in this town? So close after a murder? Uh, Mr. Gray, I will remind you this is an opening statement. This is not a time for inquiry. If you wish to question <clears throat> Mr. Fortenberry, that will be allowed. But after statements. You can call for witnesses later. Okay. Um, Mr. Gray, do you have more statement? Yes, I do. Please proceed. I apologize for that uh, line of inquiry. I'm just, I'm thrown. There are not many of you in this room who know Cara Frostfall. Those of you that do, that I have spoken to, have had nothing but good things to say about what she has done for either you or the town. Both myself and the mayor would attest to the service she did for this town in regards to your sun orbs, without which none of you could live here. Fair. And uh, Caster, who I believe is present today. Yes. I don't do a, he's, like, I don't do an actual scan. He's very hungover, but he is present. Can also attest to her help in his great time of need and loss. I don't think I need to tell any of you that have had contact with Kara what a help she can be and an upstanding citizen. Nice. That's good. I like that. <laughs> but I do clearly need to tell most of you who have not met her and don't know anything about her. Mm-hmm. In this case, she is is unjustly accused based on a minimal amount of circumstantial evidence, a, a prejudice toward outsiders that I thought by doing service to the town we had overcome, and a simple personal dislike. As such, I will do everything in my power to make sure that she goes free. Thank you. Roll persuasion (laughs) or deception uh, with advantage. There's a fine speech. Because the player put actual words together well. (laughs) Yes, and the the content was good. It was very appropriate. Some of it based on things where I'm like, have you read my notes? (laughs) (laughs) No. 
I wish I had. <laughs> wish I, oh, well, that'll do. Um, persuasion, 24. Oh, more thanks, you. But then he says, Captain Thorne, as the accuser, you may make a statement as well. I lean over to Karen very quickly and go, do not react. And she stands up. And she addresses Earl Moore Moraska as well as the rest of the room. And says, A week ago, before most in the city woke, I found CJ in his bed with a dagger buried deep in his back. I've been on many hunts and scouting missions, but I've never seen anything so terrible before. And I doubt I will again. Hours earlier, I saw this woman, as she points to Kara, not far from his home. She's a stranger to our city. An outsider. A danger. (sighs) During this trial, we will see that she carries enough guilt for our voices to agree on a verdict. She sits back down. She rolled substantially lower. Point to me. Artemis over there. Yeah, Captain Thorne rolled a six. You're far more charismatic than Captain Thorne. Good. Well, we all knew that. I mean, come on. Uh, You'll say you should have set your opening statement to music. Could have. You would have been allowed to bring your loot. It would have been seen as an oddity. Well, I probably have it with me. I don't really go anywhere without it, but I'm not planning on using it. It's probably just hanging on my chair. Okay. It's just a, a comfort thing. Earl Moore rises. Thank you both for your opening statements. The defense can call someone to the stand or present evidence. I would like to call Caster to the stand. He stumbles up and, and takes a seat on, we'll call it the witness stand. It's really just a padded stool. Ooh, fancy schmancy. Yeah, it's a cushion for their tushion. He does not look like he's in a good state. Your witness. Thank you. <clears throat> Caster, first let me thank you for being here. I know that this week has been especially difficult for you, um, so I appreciate your presence here. So, Caster, being that you uh, would seem to be somewhat tangential to this case, why don't you go ahead and tell me about your interaction with Kara, in your own words? Oh, um, it was uh, a couple nights ago, or a few, I don't remember. Um, I was drinking a lot, and this, this gal here gave me some food. And took me to a couch. That was good. Yeah. Did her actions provide you with any measure of comfort in your state of depression? Yeah, yeah it was. Um, I mean, the food was good. I wanted to stay on the couch more. It was. Uh, it wasn't hers, though. It was grumpy guys. Yeah. Okay. For those of you in the court that don't know, it is a custom where Kara comes from to bring those who are grieving uh, meals as a sign of support and comfort. There's a general approving murmur throughout the crowd. Would you say that your that your interaction with Kara was a positive one or a negative one? Uh, it was. Uh, it was good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so I felt a little better after. Not so, great better. She helped you in whatever small way she could. Thank you, Caster. I have no further questions. Okay. Earl Moore will yield the floor to Captain Thorne as the general accuser in this case. Caster, where were you on the night of CJ's death? And 
he will explain that he was either at Dr. Kor's office with Darwin Oscar over here. Sorry. Need to make sure I get your <laughs> fake name. Fake name correct. Um, but af- after that, um, I went home and drank. She was in a bad way. Captain Thorne asks, uh, did you see Kara that night at all? He shakes his head no. So you don't know if she was possibly at CJ's house or not. Can I object at any sure. point to yeah. anything? Like, is that a thing that I can do? You can raise your voice whenever you want, yeah. Um, objection. If he didn't see her, what's the relevance of that question? Captain Thorne will say, niceness aside, if this man can't prove that Kara's innocent, then he can also attest to the possibility that she's guilty. Again, if he didn't see her near the house, what is the relevance of asking him about the house if he didn't see her that night? If he didn't see her, then he's not an alibi. I wasn't contesting that he was an alibi. That's fine. She says very, I don't want to say smartly, but sharply. That's fine. Dogs are nice, but they can bite. Are you saying that my client is a dog? No, it's a... It's a metaphor. I understand that it's a metaphor, but you're comparing my client to a dog. No, I'm... I'm saying that one act of kindness does not say that no acts of malice are possible. So then one act of malice wouldn't be made up for by a hundred acts of kindness either? It would depend. Well, then it depends the other way as well. Yes, it does. Are are you done with your objection? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Captain Thorne will ask Caster, other than this one encounter you had with... Kara. Had you encountered her any other time? Any other interactions? Positive or negative? He... No, no, I don't, I don't know anything else about her. Just that one night. That was nice. Thank you. Thorn is done with this man. Castor is dismissed. Go sit back down again. Rule more. This is... Now, Captain Thorn, you may call someone. So we're gonna go yes. one and one. Okay. One and one. Got it. And she calls Sweet William up. William, tell me, when did you meet Kara? He'll say it was about a week ago. They came into town, had a drink, were nice. Karen, her friends, and motions to the two of you, and motions to Sam back there in the, in the benches. Uh, they came in, you know, wanted some drink, wanted some food. Arnis there, played a couple nights. Very talented. Thorn, yeah, yeah, that's that's nice. Didn't ask about the others. <laughs> Just Kara. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that your only interaction with Kara? Oh, no, no, no. To your knowledge... Did she interact with CJ at all? No, no. Not that I know of. But she was looking for him, for some reason. I see. I see. She didn't tell you what that was? No, she was... She didn't want to tell. So it could have been for Oh, please! For You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, was wa- I was waiting for her to ask that question, because I knew it was going to come out. Of course it's going to come please, out. Please, you're asking him to speculate about her intentions? No. Fine, fine. Is it fair to say then you don't know why she wanted to find CJ? I already said that. <laughs> yeah. If Arnis is going to object, she's going to walk it back a little bit mm-hmm. to something that Arnis won't object to. That way it makes it sound like she got the last word in. He said, no, I have no idea why she wanted to find him. She wouldn't say. Thank you, William. Earl Moore says, Arnis, does the defense have any questions? I feel like I should. Sure. Why not? Okay. Sweet William, uh, you testified already that your interactions with us when we came to town were positive. 
what constitutes for you a positive interaction? You know, people who pay their tab, don't get into bar fights. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's a low bar. And how often do you see visitors coming into town? Um, strangers. Let's call them strangers. Sure, why not? We were strangers when we came in. Every couple of weeks or so. Okay, so not exceedingly often. Meh. They're easily distinguishable from the folks that live here all the time. I can recognize a stranger when they come in. Of course. How often are your interactions with these strangers positive interactions? Most of the time. Would you say the same about the folks that live in town? Yeah, we have, he motions to the crowd sitting on the benches. We have a good city here. Lots of good people. <laughs> okay, so you, as a proprietor of a well-known watering hole, the watering hole in town, don't have any reason to mistrust visitors when they come into town. Not until they give me a reason. That's fair. But no no out-and-out prejudice. No, of course not. Sweet Williams accepts all no customers. Insight on that one. <laughs> Well, I got a 10. I got 15. That's an exaggeration. It's not so much that, like, he doesn't trust people as a matter of fact. It's just, you know, he runs a bar, a club. It's to the benefit of the business that he gives the benefit of the doubt. So it's not so much It may not be his own personal views, but, you know, he wants to get paid. It's good business. It's good business to let people in. Okay. Even if someone might appear abrasive or unwelcoming. Oh, sure. How well did you know CJ? That's that's a very good question. I've known him for a long time. He comes into my establishment often. Any more so lately than before? Has there been a change in his pattern? Well, yeah, in the past couple of months, he's been in a lot more frequently, of course. And why was that? The execution of his wife. Not to be too blunt about it, but ah. that was a hard loss for him. Of course. And I will not blame a man for seeking comfort that he can find. Nor would I. Nor would I. And that's not what I'm getting at at all. Had you noticed, besides his taking up of a drinking habit a little more um, regularly, had you noticed any sort of change in his behavior? I mean, he was certainly less happy. Less, you know, satisfied with his place in life. That's probably why he was into drink. Other than that... Um, he spent a lot more time at work, but, you know, lose yourself one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. You may not have an answer to this, and that, that is okay. Do you know if he was involved with the same people as his wife? I, I wouldn't know. I'll go on and say click on that. Sure. I have 15. Well, I crit failed. It's hard to say. Possible, but... You say he's been spending a lot more time at work. Did the bees need extra care, or was he just there a lot? He's the flower man. The flower, I'm not the beekeeper. Okay, well, then pretend (laughs) I asked the question correctly and proceed from there, because I would would know that. I don't know how he plans out the planting. It's not like we have, you know, seasons. It's just however he wants to grow things, and whatever he and cassava decide might be good for uh, the next round of honey. And... Last question, I promise, and then I'll let you go. Do you know if CJ had any enemies or had acquired any recently since the death of his wife? I couldn't imagine an enemy of CJ's. I couldn't imagine that being true. You know, you're going to roll inside on that? Yeah. Okay. I can, because it was sort of a non-answer, so... 14. You're going to roll one for me, too. I'm not touching it. That seems like a good idea. 
He got a 10. So, Arnis, you get the sense that he's he's holding back a little bit. Maybe he doesn't want to draw his own conclusions. So, then, to your mind, just so I'm clear, it's not possible that anyone disliked CJ. I mean, is it possible? Of course it's possible. I mean, it's possible that any two people might not like each other. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't speak from my own experience. Is there anyone who would be able to? I don't, I don't know. Whoever wanted his wife dead. May have potentially wanted him dead. I don't know. That's speculation. All right. That's very interesting. I'm done. Okay. Earl Moore, defense, is there any other evidence or witness that you wish to call? I would like to call the mayor. Oh, all right. You called the mayor. This is highly irregular, but... No, that's fine. Yep, Maroska stands up from the large table at the head of the room, walks a few feet over to the stool, and sits down. <laughs> yes, Mr. Gray, what questions do you have for me? She's playing a little bit of both parts now. Mayor, I'm, I'm certain that you being questioned in a trial of this nature is highly unusual, so thank you for your cooperation. First, I will ask you to recount your first interaction with us when we came to town. Okay, as you will. Yes, you were seeking a place to stay, mm-hmm. came in with Sam, you did us a little favor, got us a couple of sun orbs, and we gave you a place in the hostel. Is this the sort of favor travelers do often? Not you? this exact favor, no. But if we have something we need that a traveler can do for us, yeah. So you'll often use the barter system when it comes to lodging or other things? Yes. For travelers. Okay. How familiar are you with Samudio? I met him when he was, he was down here before. I met him, he did some trade with us. He's a very personable man. I'm not going to pry into that because I can only guess what she means and I don't need to know. I'm going to assume that that is not relevant. Though maybe it is. No, you know what? I'm going to roll inside. <laughs> I talked myself into it. I got a 13. Yeah, she knows how Sam travels. You don't know if she's had personal experience with it, but she's familiar with uh, how, he how Sam finds tra- lodging. lodging. Okay. Has Sam ever come into town before, accompanied by other people? Oh, yes, of course. As a general rule, uh, how have your interactions with them been? Nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. Would you say, then, that the folks he brings into town have never posed a threat to the town? There's a big difference between posing a threat and carrying out on a threat. True. They may have posed one. To my knowledge, they never acted out on that impulse. So when they were here, they behaved as good citizens of the town, to your knowledge. They behaved as travelers. And what is the difference in your mind? They paid for lodging, they paid for food, and they were on their way. Okay. So the difference between traveler and citizen, if I'm understanding correctly... A good citizen gives back to the town. Money is Mm. nice, but that's... Okay. Nothing special. In which case, then, would you consider us to be good citizens of the town? You are friends of the town. You acted as friends of the town. Okay. She corrects herself. Okay. Again, to make sure that I'm clear, retrieving or going on a trade mission for you for sun orbs, something which you need to live, and helping defend your borders against two very large spider-like creatures only qualify as acts of friends of the town and don't actually make us friends of the town, even though we were helping the town. It could. I don't want to draw conclusions. As a witness, I would be hesitant to draw that conclusion. But it would be your determination as the mayor, yes? Yes. Well, you are here being asked questions in your capacity as the mayor. 
these are friendly acts. Mm-hmm. And if she is found to be not guilty of these crimes, then she would be counted a friend of, of the city. And what about me? Does my lot get thrown in with hers because of association? Not unless she had anything to do with it. Interesting. And I can assume that, based on this line of logic, if, in fact, it is a citizen of the town, or a good citizen of the town, who committed these acts, they would then be stripped of that title as well. They would still be citizens. Well. Just not good ones. Okay. Miss Mayor, how does Captain Thorne feel about outsiders? About travelers? Speaking as mayor, Captain Thorne is tasked with the security of the city, within and without. She is always wary of threats. It is the nature of her position. I have the the luxury to accept anyone as a friend. She has the duty to seek out dangers. It's her duty to seek them out, or simply to notice them? To discover what is dangerous or potentially dangerous to the city. And if, as you say, she is tasked with security, if it was my position and we only saw travelers, as Sweet William said, every couple of weeks, which is Mm -hmm. not very often, I would tend to see anyone coming through the gate as a potential threat. It's certainly possible. It's one of the reasons why we don't allow weapons into the city. I cannot speak on her demeanor. Is it your experience that the people coming into the town are actually threats? In my experience, no. We have a very low crime rate here. Captain Thorne does her job well. Miss mm. ah. Mayor, have you been presented with any other evidence that may speak to the truth of this case? Can you be more precise? Have you been presented with any evidence that may lead you to other suspects in this case? I have been presented with evidence. As far as I know, Captain Thorne does intend to present it. I have not been given any hard evidence that it ties directly to Kara or to anybody else. And what was this evidence? Plans of some nature that she can speak on, and uh, some sort of card with Cortland's name on it. Which, again, I assume Captain Thorne will present. And you're allowing Captain Thorne to present that evidence? It is her right as the head of the guard. Moroskalas, is there anything else, sir? (laughs) She can see you thinking and trying to put things together. Hang on. Someone presented you with this evidence, yes? Yes. What did you do with it once you were presented with it? I studied it Mm -hmm. and sought more information. From where? From those in in the city. Did you pursue it to its fullest extent? To the amount I could before the trial. Interesting. So if you had had more time, you could have furthered your inquiries. It's possible. Okay. Uh, Does Captain Thorne have any questions for the mayor? Yes. Mayor, in your opinion, have I performed my duties as captain of the guard well for the city? Yes, yes, you have been a fine captain. So I've done my duties well in the past, and would you say that I will further be entrusted with the security of the city after this? Objection? What do you want to say, Artis? How can that possibly be relevant? Why is there a need to ask that question? Because you opened the door about my uh, ability to see and pursue threats to the city. I just want to know if the mayor believes I have that trust, and if it is still valid. Well then, shouldn't you ask that instead of asking if you're going to be allowed to do it in the future? It's a very strange way of asking that question. Okay. Uh, Roll persuasion. Alright. 
I got a 12. <laughs> Fair enough. And she rewards the question. Yes. Yes. Morosco still trusts Captain Thorne. At least up until this point okay. of this trial. Mm-hmm. And she is performing her duties well on behalf of the city. Oh, thank you. No, no further questions. Captain Thorne would like to call Darwin to the stand. Oscar to the stand. Oscar. As a traveling companion. Okay. Oscar, can you tell us about your relation with Kara here? We are traveling companions. I see, and what is the purpose of your traveling? Uh, what is it you do while traveling? Are you selling things on the road? Well, are you wanderers? We are like a guard for Samudia. He hired us to protect him. Ah, a guard for Samudia. Very good. During your travels, have you had to actively guard Samudio? Yes. What did you encounter? Oh, just, you know, hazards on the road, giant <laughs> owls, okay, uh, so bandits, the like. You encountered dangerous oh, creatures and travelers on the road. Yes. How did you protect yourselves and Sam? With combat. In your experience with Kara, how did she protect herself and the group as a whole? What weapons, what means of protection does she use? Uh, sometimes a bow, sometimes a sword. You know, sort of depending on the situation. Is, is it only those weapons? I think so. Please roll deception. <laughs> that would be so like Darwin. I don't really remember. Three. Oh, that's okay. Now, Oscar, when you came into town, you all stored your outdoor clothing and weapons in the outpost. Correct. I was there, right? You were. Now, I would like to present the items that she left in the outpost. Sure. And she motions for a guard who brings over Kara's bag mm-hmm. and clothing. She produces the short bow, produces the rapier. She also produces three daggers. Does this appear to be Kara's belongings? Um, well, it's more or less familiar. I haven't, you know, memorized the contents of her suitcase. Oh, but of course not. That would be weird if you did. <laughs> but that what looks... is it safe to say these are the items you believe that she carried with her? I'm not sure safe is the right word. I would be cautiously optimistic to <laughs> the items she carries with her. I love him so much on the stand right now. <laughs> this makes me so happy. <laughs> Now, among these items are three daggers. Can you say that these are not hers? They might be hers. To be fair, I did say sword. A dagger is a mini-sword. Sir, a dagger is not a mini-sword. Look at the rapier. Now look at the dagger. <laughs> you cannot tell me that, that the dagger is not him on the stand right now. a mini-sword. I love that she has to put up with his shit right now. <laughs> Once. Oh, please roll persuasion. I love this. I love it. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Yes, a crit. Oh yes. my god. Yes! Roll a 16, which is just... Oh, it's frustrating right now. Oh, this is so good. I'm so she happy. breaks her hand across her face just in this <laughs> frustrated manner. Oh, you put him on Fine. the stand, lady. <laughs> Fine. I may or may not be sitting at my, like, little desk thing giggling. <laughs> Dagger is a mini sword. Sure, if you say so. So then you've seen her use these daggers, or at least a dagger. Um, I'm trying to remember what she used when we got attacked by skeletons from the side of the road. 
I know I saw her use the bow. Uh, you know, I, 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 I know she is able to use that weapon, but I can't remember for sure if I've seen her use it. Okay. That's a white So <laughs> you know that she can use a dagger. Sure. Would you say that she's effective with her weapons? Uh, I mean, she's not as good as me. Okay. It's a Darwin answer, though. It's <laughs> fucking Darwin answer. Okay. Um, how long have you known Kara? Not that long. A little bit more precise, if you could. Two or three months. Okay. Is this all that she ever does? Guard duty? No. No? What else does she do? I believe, historically, she has worked at taverns before. Okay. Is that where you met? Yes. <laughs> all right. And she... Was your waitress? Were you there meeting women? Don't mean to judge. Just curious. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember. You were killing someone and I was sleeping. You killed someone. <laughs> um, that's I the true answer. But... I wouldn't say that, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I was conducting business. <laughs> and she was working there. <laughs> you also work in bars? No, 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 no. No. no, I was administering to my god. <laughs> I am I am a monk. Um, what order do you serve? Um, uh, objection, before you answer that. <laughs> relevance? Just why, why determining I... what brought him to meet Kara. He's already explained. He, he was... was doing monk work in a bar. Yes, that yes. Is what is that? Uncommon, and... to say the least. And if that's not true, then we know that, you know, Either he's protecting himself or he is protecting her. I'm just not sure how his monk order and whatever he happened to be doing in the bar when they met has anything to do with Kara. Well, roll persuasion. Because it doesn't. But I don't want them to know that about you either. <laughs> if the Earl and the mayor are swayed. 23. Yes. <laughs> I'm just... Take this 18 on the die and throw it out the window. <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe it's not important which god you serve. Whichever god it is. Whatever order you belong to. Does it frequently go into bars? From time to time. I wouldn't say frequently. And whatever order it is you serve, and whoever the guilty party may be, how would your order view the death of CJ? It would depend on how I lived his life and the circumstances surrounding the death. So it could go either way. In your opinion, in your religious opinion, CJ's death may or may not be a terrible crime. Mm, Not religiously just, no. Okay. I have no further questions for you. Captain Thorne sits down. Nor I for you. (laughs) (laughs) He does say that, too. That's that's Colin right now. (laughs) And Earl Morrill... Defer to the defense. All right. Hello, Oscar. You've already spoken about Kara's use of weapons. This court already knows the weapon that CJ was killed with. So let me ask you this. In your time as a monk, would you say that it is uncommon for anyone to use a dagger in combat? Including all the bar fights I've seen. Yeah, very common weapon. Not everyone can afford the full sword. It's a lot of metal. (laughs) So would you say there are plenty of people of any race you could think of that employ the dagger as a weapon? Of course. 
based on your experience, the fact that he was killed with a dagger is not definitive proof of who may have killed him. Definitely not. That's all I got. Uh, the city leaders are going to confer for just a moment, and Earl Moore will announce that the court is going to take a short recess. Brief moment here to confer with your client, to confer with Darwin, to... I mean, there's people in the room. You can't leave. Um, but the three of them are going to leave. Um, they're going to go into, like, a, like a judge's chambers, basically, uh, and just discuss momentarily. But this would be the time for people to stretch, go to the bathroom, do any little bit of discussing about what their plan is. It would be great if we knew if they've ever accused an outsider of a crime they didn't do. That would have been something to have Darvin look up. I'm sorry, Oscar, look up. Um, we have someone quite possibly sitting in the courtroom who was accused of a crime that could have been an outsider at the time, but we don't know specifically. We could ask to speak to Darnell now. He was accused some 34 years found ago. Out, yeah. Spent two weeks in the well. Did he do it? Or did he miss it? They were both found equally culpable and both did time. How does that help us? If we know whether or not they were both outsiders, it would help us. I'm just worried about going down the line of questioning that leads nowhere. If you can talk to him right now, combine that out. Okay. Darnell! I don't know where he is. Oh, yeah, Darnell's here. He's, of course he's Yeah, he's here. Come on, Rupert. You do lean over the little barrier in between you and the benches, and he scoots over. Yeah. I have an awkward question to ask you. Okay. Um, you were you were accused of a crime many years ago now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he kind of looks side to side, a little shifty-eyed. Were you a citizen of the town at the time? Newly. How long had you been in town? Well, maybe a few months. And the other person who was accused along with you, how long had they been in town? I don't know. Oh. It was a long time ago. I, can't, I don't remember. And um, did you know each other? Mm-hmm. A little bit. I want you to answer mm-hmm. me very honestly because because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call you up. Thank you. If if <laughs> oh, always an if. If I if I don't get an answer that suits me here, did you do it? I served my time. Okay. I, I've done a lot of things there, young man. It's a different life. Tell me about that. I was a different. I was a different man then. Did you find your trial to be a fair and just proceeding? I mean, it was it was different, but different than what we've seen before outside of the city. But yeah, two weeks is nothing. I get to stay here still and raise a family here. Okay, thank you. During the recess, um, I'm nervous about this recess. Darwin. One of the guards at the doors is going to approach you. He's going to kind of, the aisle is kind of tap you on the shoulder. Okay. Got a got a note for you? And he hands it off to you. Uh-oh. Okay, I read it. Uh, you open it up and it says, Darvin, I heard the details of the trial. We know who you and your friends are. If you can get us in there, we can help bring this trial to an end. Your friend, Colston. Hmm, Colston. And the guard, after hand, handing off the note, Turns to his post at the door. I figure I should probably bring this matter to the attention of the defense. You go up to see Arnis real quick. What do you do? Hand him the note. I got this note. Okay, I read it. You might be able to use it to get some help. I hand it to Kara. I read it. Okay. And I really don't know how I feel about it. Because a part of me that's like, well, 
this could go either way. <laughs> you definitely recognize the name. Oh yeah, no, I know. I, I'm concerned that by bringing it to a speedy end, they don't say whether or not it's going to be in our favor. He's our friend, of course it's our favor. Busted me out of jail, remember? I mean, we don't have a whole lot going for us, so maybe it'll help. I wish I knew. I say we sit on it for now. Okay. There's no use in playing that card now when we can wait. Do you all agree? Um, I'll go with it. I'll sit on it. I'm going to defer to Arnas's expertise. Okay. Whatever. He's a lawyer. I'm just a monk. I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand just the a law. Minstrel. I'm a freaking bard, man. Well, that's still better than a monk. I don't know nothing about lawyering. Um. Okay. Yeah, if you want to hold on to it, you certainly may. It's a, it's a risk. I'm not ready to take it yet. I could also yet. try and respond with, uh, um, how. That seems fair. Yeah. Right, right yeah. back to the dude and just ask him, like, briefly how he would do that, like, before we agree to it. Would I know how to send a note back? You could ask Give that guard again. Guard. Okay, so I'll just scribble how, question mark, on the other side, and I'll Perfect. ask the guard if he can pass it back. Uh, fair enough, but I'm not going to be able to leave my post unless there's another recess. Of course. All right. He can deliver the note right now, but he wouldn't be able to bring any reply back. Okay. Until the next recess. That's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll make sure it gets out to the outpost. Probably have somebody else run it for him. But pretty much once, when the trial's in motion, they don't just let guards walk up and be like, I got a note. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you'd like to do during the recess? Nope. Earl Moore, Maraska, and Captain Thorne re-enter the room. And Earl Moore uh, stands, calls everybody to order, tap his gavel again. Thank you, we would... Um, well, not we. The captain would now like to present evidence. The captain produces the dagger that was used in the murder. This, she says, she holds it up, is the dagger that was found in CJ's back. Kind of shows it to everybody in the courtroom. Sets it down the front of the table where the three of them are seated. And this, she holds up a card, was presented to Earl Moore, who nods. It's some sort of note which certainly seems to denote that CJ was a target of some kind. Now, we can't say for sure that this is a, a mark of assassination or of killing or anything like that, but it was presented to be in connection with the case by the defendant. Sets it down. As such, the defense would like to call her, not the defense, she's not the defense. Oh, she's on the other side. <laughs> It's on the offense. She's on the Ooh. other side of defense. As such, we would like to call Kara up. Um, on what grounds? Uh, Kara's the defendant. I believe we have a right to question the defendant. Haven't you already done so? Mm, not in the trial. So you'll forgive me, I'm not familiar with your particular justice system. Where I come from, a defendant has a right not to speak against themselves. Meaning they do uh, not have to speak at trial, should they wish it. If there are any questions Kara doesn't wish to answer, uh, she can certainly say so. Except that would be tantamount to incriminating herself, depending on which questions she chose not to answer. By your logic, we would have no right to question a defendant, though. That's exactly what I'm saying. You questioned her when you brought her in for questioning. That's why that she's was here. Preliminary questioning in, well, for lack of a better word, private. 
like behind doors, not mm-hmm. in a trial, mm-hmm. not public knowledge. And? Uh, and this is her chance to answer questions and defend herself. Oh, enough Otherwise. of this already. Are you, you, I'll take I, the stand. I've had enough of this woman. Do not raise your voice. Okay. Do not get out of control. Oh, don't worry, I won't. Because I cannot protect you up there. I can play the long con just as good as anyone. <laughs> That's fine. I give her a look like, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> Let her go. Thank you for taking the stand. Just doing my <laughs> job, ma'am. That's fine. She certainly won't hold it against you. Mm-hmm. Trial is a search for facts. We need to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Kara, have you seen this dagger before? I just saw it now. Before today. Before now? Yes, that is generally what people mean when they say, have you seen this before? I was not given an opportunity to see the evidence before the trial. So this is the first time you've ever seen this dagger? At this trial, yes. <laughs> I'm going to make this as hard as fucking possible for her. Yeah, you are. It's like having Darwin on the stand again. <laughs> it's Only awesome. less fun. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So you've, before this trial then, have you seen this dagger? I was not the one who discovered the body, so I didn't see it then. That's not what I asked. I didn't ask if you discovered CJ. I asked if you'd seen this dagger before the trial. Mm, no. Okay, roll deception. Eleven. And thus begins the end. We'll see. Okay. And uh, she'll hold up the card with CJ's name on it. Do you know what this is? Nope. Wow. Starting with the blatant lies here. All right. Roll deception again. 21. Okay. So you don't know what this is, but uh, you were the one who brought this to Earl Moore, correct? That is correct. How did you come about this note? This card? I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Um, How is it that you're not sure? I don't fully recall the events of the evening of in which I came into possession of it. Very well. Uh, Can you tell us what you do remember? I remember being drunk and bumping into you. Yes. And I remember some other rushed half-orc woman. Or orc woman. uh, I was drunk. It's hard to remember. So, hmm. You obtained this on the night that CJ was attacked and killed. That would be the night I was drinking. Okay. Mm. Can I persuasion or deception on this one? I like where this is going. That's a seven. Wow, they are bad at rolling. Okay, and uh, all you know is that you got it that night. You don't remember from where or from who. I remember bumping into you, mm-hmm. and you were in I recall. full armor and armed with all of your weapons. The- okay. She's not going to say anything in response to that. She just nods. And that you were rude to me. I do remember that much. Well, admittedly, you were drunk, yes. And I remember waking up the next morning, and that was in my possession. Hmm. So, where were you going when we bumped into each other? Just a moment, please. I'm sorry, I'm on trial. I think I have a right to that answer. Your counsel has a right to ask questions. You have a right to answer them. So you're afraid to answer the question? Kara! (laughs) Can't get a little hostile. You can't have a I'm hostile just, witness. Cara. I'm just saying there are rules. 
I just remember you seem to have been in a hurry. My work is very important. Now then, can we get to the matter at hand? When you woke with this card, what made you believe that it was connected to his death? I didn't believe that right away. But you eventually did, yes? When he turned up dead. Okay, but what does a name on a card have to do with a dead man? It seems like a very convenient way to frame someone. Uh, it, can I roll persuasion on that one? That yes, thing. you can. 18. Yes, but you had it in your possession. After I bumped into you. You got it. Who so- seems to have made me the only suspect. Kara. She's uh, holding back some anger. Good. Um, I wonder if nobody needs to roll any insight on that. She She's not completely closed off with her emotions. When you did eventually bring this to the Earl, what made you believe that it was connected? It is a name on a card. Do names on cards frequently mean that they are targets? I didn't exactly know what it meant. It was in my possession. I knew it was something that would be used against me, and I thought the smartest decision was to turn it over to an authority that I could trust. Also, can I see that for a second? She will hand it over to Aranis for inspection. The defense may look at this. You've got the card. Do I have an opportunity to say something right now? Mm, you'll be able to cross. Okay. You can look over it as much as you want right now. Mm, I'm good. You're good? It's got, like, a little bit of information about him, right? Just But you know. nothing that would tell you which one it is. Right, but nothing that tells you if it's senior or junior. Right, right. I'm good. Okay. She's hard. I'm in a pickle because I want you to be both guilty and not guilty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're both extremely fun. What brought you to that area of the city that night? I don't recall. What do you recall before being there? Where do you recall being? I recall Who were you with? Drinking. That's about Alone? all. I honestly don't remember anything. I think that, for lack of a better way of putting it, I'll sell this lie that I may have been roofied. What? Or something like that. <laughs> That's, that's what you're going for. Sure, why not? You may have been drugged. Why would someone want to drug you? I don't know. Why would someone want to frame me? Exactly. Why would you be framed? Did anybody else see you that you know of? Did anybody else see you that night? How many times do I have to say I don't remember the vast majority of that night? Well, anything that you can remember would certainly be helpful for you. I've already said I remember bumping into you, who was in a rush and fully armed, heading in a direction that was the opposite of the direction I was going, i.e. we bumped into each other's paths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she understands how bumping into people works. I don't generally bump into them. I vaguely recall an orc or half-orc woman. Any description you can give beyond that? Where? Time? Whether she was orc or half-orc, I don't recall. The best I can recall is she may have been older, but like I said, I was drunk. So it's safe to say you don't know where you were before then. (laughs) If you don't want to give yourself an alibi, she's going to try to prove that you don't have one. Or that at least you can't recall. The last thing I remember before losing track of time was being in the bar, drinking with my friends. Okay. Thank you. That's all. Defense? Do you have anything for Kara? Yeah. I assume that when you woke up with this card, you took a look at it? 
Yeah. What initially prompted you to take it to the Earl? Well, primarily, it was the fact that with it on my person, I already knew that I would be a suspect. It was also, I gave it to him after I was already accused of the crime because I was leading my own investigation into whether or not it was the captain that committed the murder. I'll drop that bomb. And you say that. And there's a murmur, 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 murmur. And what reason did you have to suspect the captain? Well, there was the fact that I knew that I was the only person that had been brought in so far. There was the fact that I woke up with this on me after I bumped into the captain, who again was fully armored when I bumped into her and was rude to me. And I thought if there was anyone I could trust in the town, it was the town's highest authority to fully investigate this evidence that I was already trying to investigate, but wouldn't be able to further investigate because I was now very obviously the key suspect. Now, I also presented other evidence in that meeting. I know. Now, this card, what was it about it that made you think it was referring to Cortland Fortenberry Jr.? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I had just assumed because it was on me after Junior died, it referred to Junior. So you're saying you're not actually sure who this card is about? No, I had just assumed. Two people. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, where is Senior? He hasn't been called yet. If I may make a supposition here, this card may, in fact, have nothing to do with the murder at hand. I guess, based on what you're saying, that could be true. And may, in fact, be evidence that the other Fortenberry is in danger? Potentially? We don't know? If, it, if that is potentially true, yeah. I mean, we don't know what's happened with his father. Interesting. Okay. Oh, when you went to see the Earl, was presenting him with this card your only purpose in going to see him? No. I had actually not intended to present anyone with the card until I had further evidence against the captain. That hand was forced when she accused me. So then why were you heading to see the Earl? I had already seen the Earl at that point. When I gave him this card, it was upon return. I had visited him to hand over some other evidence that I had collected to see if he could help me understand it better. And what was this evidence? I don't legitimately know. I didn't understand it. I handed it to him, and I haven't seen it since. But he then very clearly took it to the captain, who returned with him to take me into custody and question me. Can I request to see this evidence? If it pertains to the line of questioning, you can ask that evidence be presented. Sure. The Earl will take it out of his possessions that he has in front of him. He will hold it up briefly uh, before presenting it to you. Can I tell what this is at all? Roll uh, investigation. Because this is something that you currently have on. You're trying to find deeper meaning. Yeah. I can't just percept it. No, no. Eleven. There are some technical notes here. Something about plans. Written vague enough that it's hard to draw a concrete conclusion to. But yes, from Carr's previous explanation to you, you know that these are plans for a weapon of some sort. This just doesn't give you any further information. So I can't tell whether or not it's connected to that note, though. Mm, it's possible, you just don't have anything directly linking the two. Uh, Kara, where did you... where did you get this? This is the reason why I was looking for Cortland Fortenberry initially. Mm, what do you mean? 
the bartender's already said that I was asking about Cortland, because yeah. I was asked to deliver this to him. This? What you have in your hand, yes. And you say you don't know what this is? No idea. At this point, I don't have any further questions for oh. Kara. I would like to request a brief recess to look at this a little closer, if uh, I may. Uh, yeah, they'll grant that recess. Okay. They're going to stay in the room this time. That's fine. Talk at the table amongst themselves. Darvin, what are you doing? Wait, is this a recess? Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'm going to see if I have a return note. You go up to the guard at the door, and yeah, I just got something. And he hands you back a note. And it says, we can testify on her character. Is that all it says? It could either be good, like, hey, they saved her life, she helped save our life. Or it could be bad, like, hey, she's actually a changeling, and... Well, nobody really knows that you're a changeling besides Arnis there. Well, unless what's-his-face has figured it out. (laughs) Aside from somebody putting pieces together. Yeah. I don't think we've established that anybody in fiction knows that you're a changeling. Aside from people you may have murdered. Yeah. (laughs) They don't really count. No. Nobody's bringing forth a dead body to testify. Doesn't say anything else. Um, We can testify to her character and work she's done in the past. Bringing it to Arnas. Here you go, bud. Here's a response. Sign Colston again. It's from that Colston guy. Ultimately, it's your call. You're well, on trial here, but I mean... I say at this point, fuck it, let's go for it. Yeah, it's just a matter of how much you trust Colston. Um, I think we also need to investigate what we have on the table, too. Yeah, well, I'm going to do that. Can I do that also? Will that uh, allow me to look at it? Yeah. Yay. Yeah, the two of you can look at it together. Tell, so. him, tell him we're in. I don't know how we're going to get him in here. But. You can just call him. Yeah, you, you can just call him, right? Because we did save him. Oh, that's a 20. So can I just... Right, okay, defense will call you? Yeah. Okay, I'll write something to that effect. Sure. You send back a note letting them know that you're going to get them in to testify in the trial. Done. Kara, what were you investigating? I was looking at the two documents and trying to see if I can find a connection between the two. So you've got the notes you found in one of CJ's books, Mm -hmm. and then the journal from... The escape tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Are you the only one looking at this? Or is artist helping? No, I'm looking at it too. Okay, yeah. right, go ahead and roll two artists. This is also investigation. Yeah. Comparing the two documents and similarities. I got a 12. You can tell they seem to be related in some way, artists. Right, yeah. Uh, Akara, you can tell that at a certain point in the notes, the handwriting does seem to match what you found in this note from CJ's book. Oh, yeah. The earlier stuff, no. Um, but more towards the end, yes. So wait, wait, what pieces match up again? I'm not entirely clear. Based on my understanding, the beginning of the notes start, and it's as if CJ took over from a certain point. The testing of this weapon. Ah, okay. So it's very clear that CJ was somehow involved in this idea to weaponize the Sunworks. For what purpose, we do not know. We don't know. We never will. We never will. You never know. Because never dead. Unless the father was the other partner. And they were both meant to be killed. you telling me it's not his wife that wrote the first part of those notes? There's that too. You don't know? You don't know who wrote the first part. Or the other guy who has the most access to those caves? Yeah. There's that too. Okay. The recess is called to an end. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, and it is the defense's turn. To present evidence or to call a witness? 
or to call someone in connection to evidence, Darvin, your note has been successfully sent. Okay. We're on this track. I don't give up this notebook, though. If I put it hold in on to it. Well, if I put it into evidence, if I call it into question, then I basically have to give it up. Yeah. Hold on to it for now. Gotta play your cards at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for now. Um... I would like to call Earl Moore to the stand. Yes! <laughs> the Earl stands momentarily and says, well, this is odd, but uh, I'll allow it. I take the stand as he sits back down in his chair. <laughs> of course. He's in a padded chair. <laughs> no, he's not going to go over to the padded stool. He's in this nice high back wooden chair. <laughs> like, he doesn't want the shitty chair. No, doesn't. Not when he has such a nice chair. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Gray. Did Kara present you with these two pieces of evidence in question here? Indeed she did. Okay. We've addressed the card. I won't... I'm not interested in the card anymore. What I want to know is about this document. Mm Mm-hmm. What is it? Well, as far as I can tell, it's a work of... Actually, let me roll for him. I'm just going to roll his previous investigation for when he was looking at it, looking it over. It seemed to be plans of some sort, but it's... They're such wild plans, it's hard to say if they would have ever amounted to anything. Plans? For what? Mentions of some sort of weapon, but none that was used in this case. A a weapon? Possibly. I'll admit, I'm not the most scientific of minds. I'm sorry, you'll... You'll forgive me, I'm a little thrown. Um, What would CJ want with plans for a weapon? I have no reason to believe that CJ would want one. They were... He looks very confused. You had it from Kara that she was delivering them to him for a third Uh, party. I have no clue, but these were being delivered to him. I don't even know if they were solicited. I believe... That in Kara's conversation with you, she said that that's why she was looking for him, to deliver this on behalf of a third party unknown. Yes, and if we knew who that third party was, we could find out the true meaning behind them. Whether or not CJ knew anything about these to begin with, we can't know. Um, is there a reason you can think of that someone would be delivered plans of this nature unknowingly? Roll persuasion. I'm going to put this on you. No. I'm going to put this on you. God Roll persuasion. All right. Oh, fuck. fuck me. I hate you, Scott. What'd you roll? A one. I have a bonus, but nobody What's cares. your bonus? Plus five. Oh, so you got a six. Yeah. That's a mighty six. Shut up. You want to know what that six gets you? Jack shit. I'm you right now. <laughs> oh, no, it gets you a little bit more than jack shit. It's you, Jonathan Shit. His elder brother. A full name. Mm. Oh, like Jack Shit's not a full name. Sorry, Jack's not a proper name. Jack is usually short for John. Which makes no sense. Which can be short for Jonathan. Although I don't think that's the same Jack. I thought it was James. They're all interchangeable. <laughs> okay, anyways. Life on the line here, people. Nah. Kinda, yeah. You've, already, you've been a hostile witness. So. I'm sorry, uh, repeat the question. Real quick, I got a little distracted there. Is there a reason you can think of that someone would be sent plans of this nature unknowingly? Perhaps if they wanted to frame him for something. 
Frame him for a lot what? Of framing going on in this town right now. And why? I don't whatever paint. this is in connection with. That seems a little far fetched. Kara there is the messenger. If she has any more insight into it, that could be helpful. But as she said, she doesn't know who sent it. So as far as we know, it's not connected to anybody in this city. Except CJ. If he knew it was being delivered. Well, regardless of whether he knew it was coming, it's connected to him. Whoever sent it wanted him connected to it. Wanted him, but that doesn't mean he wanted to be. I could write your name on something, that doesn't mean you had anything to do with it. Then I wonder, Earl, based on CJ, maybe, maybe not, knowing anything about these plans that were on their way to him, Mm. um, if we are unconvinced of his guilt based on his mail, his potential mail, are we able to prove someone's guilt based on a random weapon choice or on a chance encounter in the street? Alone, no. But combined with other factors, that's for the court to decide. And having been brought these pieces of evidence and based on Kara's encounter that evening with the captain, mm-hmm. what line of inquiry did you pursue with the captain in connection to both of those pieces of evidence provided you? Ask the captain, of course, where she encountered Kara and at what time, and as to her state. Kara's state, not the captain's. So you didn't investigate her connection to any of this at all? As a suspect? Regardless of evidence brought to you. As a suspect, no. No. She, she would never hurt him. Bias. <gasps> uh, sir, pardon me for asking, but isn't that a little bias? I, don't I could say see the same how. thing of I could say the same thing of Kara. She would never hurt him either. And yet here she sits. The captain and CJ have they go back years and years. They've known each other for a long time. Do they? Yes, they are both pillars in the community. It is common for uh, the high ranking members of the community to know mm-hmm. each other and to be familiar with one another. And I can honestly say I don't think she would ever hurt him. Without any evidence saying that she could have done this, I don't see why we would even bother. Can you speak as to the nature of their relationship? Both professional and very friendly. What do you mean by very friendly? They got along well outside of business matters. I I don't know everything that they talk about, but I know they get along as friends. Or they used to. What do you mean they used to? He's dead now. Did you notice a change in their relationship in the past month or so? Well, everything around CJ changed after his wife died. Nine. Earl Moore definitely believes that CJ and his relationships changed after the execution of his wife. Seventeen. CJ was definitely trying to distance himself from people. She was trying to remain close. I mean, you do the best you can for your friends and co-workers after a tragic event. There's only so much you can do. Some people just need time to grieve. Earl, just one final question. (laughs) Did you know that Captain Thorne was drawing pictures of CJ in her notebook? I would not know of such things. 
And One what, way or another. And in pure speculation, why would someone do that? Because they like to draw people? I don't know. I'm not the person to answer that question. Fair enough. I'll ask the party concerned. Um, so, just to wrap up here, Earl, very mm-hmm. quickly. You were presented some evidence mm-hmm. by the person who is now our suspect. Mm-hmm. You did not follow through on a line of inquiry with a potential second suspect because, to use your own words, she, quote, would never do something like that. Yes, that is what I said. Is this the way crimes are always investigated here? That's good. It's really dirty. I know it's really dirty. Super underhanded. It's Um, so underhanded. It's such a lawyer trick, though. To ask a question like that, but like. Roll some persuasion, real quick. But uh, Bard's got to do what a Bard's got to do. I love it. Twelve. Look, when when a keg goes missing, it's investigated differently than when someone gets injured. Or in this case, when someone is killed. But we're a very close-knit town. And we know who cares for each other. And we know who doesn't. And we know there are some lines that would never be crossed. And I'm confident, in my opinion, that the captain would never hurt CJ. So again, based on your own logic... You would be fairly confident, because of the close-knit nature of this community, that no one person within it would ever do harm to another? Oh, no, I never said that. (laughs) Mm, I did not say one person to another. I have known CJ and the captain for decades, and I believe that she would never hurt him. You believe, or you have proof? I don't have proof that the bee's not going to pollinate a flower, either. But, uh, no... Every bee doesn't pollinate every flower. But if you were presented with evidence that said bee may pollinate said flower, would you be required to pursue it? I immediately regret this. That's good. good. (laughs) Not not because of that, just because it's going to. It's a silly metaphor. It's a silly, silly metaphor. And I am a silly, silly man. (laughs) I love it. I think it's fantastic. Pollination equated to murder. I'm totally a fan. Let's roll. <clears throat> Fuck. Uh, roll persuasion. Damn it. I'm gonna get something here. I just wanna see how much you're getting. 20. Look, in this case, we know that somebody killed CJ. Mm-hmm. But this is. Like, you're asking if, you know, one of the queen bees pollinated a flower. It's something they don't do. They could. They don't. Except, you'll pardon me. I'm still a bit confused. You were presented with a line of inquiry. Mm-hmm. It is your duty as one of the authorities of the town to pursue any evidence or line of inquiry that is that is relevant to this case, oh. which this seems to be, yet you are telling me because of a belief that this is impossible. She couldn't have done it. I do not understand that. How do you know she couldn't have done it? He... Ah, uh, here he we go. Blushes. And he looks at the captain. <sighs> insight! Insight! Motherfucker! Oh, that's a 23! <laughs> you can call for mistrial Slow right roll. now. No, not really. Oh, I got like a 7 or something. Or 6. 
Uh, he gives a very weak hand motion to Captain Thorne, almost as just an offhanded apology. Because she loved him. Two things. One, um, I suppose I should apologize for prying this out of you to both of you in open court. <laughs> she <laughs> is. She's pissed so hard right now. No, wait. Actually, let me see what I, she is. She is. You know, it's worth an apology. She's mad, but not at any person. She's mad at herself that she has these emotions. <laughs> That's fair. So very and that the truth part. about like her emotions came out. Like her emotions are hers. She doesn't like other people knowing them. And that's just like God damn it. That's fair. Uh second, uh I I have to I have to ask. If this is the case, if she felt this deeply for CJ, then I wonder as to her ability to be unbiased in an investigation like this. Wouldn't it be akin to asking someone to investigate the murder of a family member? And that's not a thing you can do, right? Pauses for a moment. Mr. Gray, if someone murdered your father, wouldn't you want to find out who? Well, of course I would, but it's one, not my job. I am not an investigator nor a police person or security person of any kind. Of course I would want to know who. But wouldn't you pursue the truth with everything that you had? Within my confines as a private citizen. Really? Just out of character, like, really? Probably, yeah. I would ask to work with the cops. Okay. But... I like. She totally gaslit I just wanted to see how sincere you were being. No, I am actually being sincere. That's not a. That's not a liar or a falsehood. I would. She, I wouldn't go well, like. I wouldn't go beyond my bounds unless I was asked to do so. I respect that of you. In this instance, the captain happens to be one in the same. Except there are two others of you perfectly capable of investigating and you have been. You've said it yourself. Yes, we have been. And so I wonder why she has been also. Because while it would seem that the two of you have an investment Mm -hmm. in simply seeking the truth, it would seem that her investment lies more in finding anyone to blame for this because of her own personal loss. I can't speak to that. But what I can tell you is that she came across the evidence first. And since she was the one to accuse Kara, neither myself nor Moraska had to do so. We did not accuse anyone because we didn't believe we had enough proof to accuse anyone. Just because she- You'll pu- you will forgive me for asking this question, but did he love her? You have to roll persuasion like a motherfucker right now. 20. <sighs> CJ loved his wife dear. With... Oh. Everything that he had. Mm-hmm. And when she was executed, he lost everything. I've never known him to be an unfaithful man. So, to put that in plain English... I can't speak for his emotions that he kept inside. I can only say what I knew of him. So it sounds like no more than friendship, as far as you were aware. I wouldn't dare to speculate beyond what I've said. 
setting these two specific people aside, would you say that unrequited love can cause feelings of malice? I'm trying to think of a better word. That's a good word. That's a fine word. It's certainly something that I've read about in novels. I don't have any personal experience with that. That's fine. You don't have to. But as they say, there is a thin line between love and hate. Sure, that's a saying. Yeah, yeah, we'll, mm. we'll say that's a saying. I mean, it's just going to be a very subtle nod that he gives. And I, I wonder if someone who had potentially been slighted or hurt might not lash out violently against the cause of that hurt. I couldn't speculate. But it's possible. Even in, say, novels. Yes, it's... This sort of thing happens. Not exactly a novel idea. I believe we call this a crime of passion. Yes. Yeah, I'm being a dick now, but... You sure are. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead, roll me one more persuasion. This is not so much persuading him. Listening to you. Okay. Alright. Is there anything else that you have for the Earl? No. Thank you, Earl. He turns and looks at Captain Thorne, who bites her tongue and just waves. (laughs) No. Wow. No question. She's thoroughly embarrassed right now. Oh, yeah. She's in a state right now. Uh, so, thank you. He stands back up. And then sits right back down. down. (laughs) That's good. That's good. To denote that he is no longer a witness. That's a good thing. Before they can call the next witness up, Darvin, the guard, walks back up to you. Says, uh, your, your friend is here that said it was about the, the trial. If this is going to move things along, that'd be great. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'd of like course. to go home to dinner. Okay. Just come and make sure these are, the, these are the right folks. Okay, sure. And he just escorts you over to the door, and they open up, and you see Colston there. He's brought his hood down. Who's the woman? And with him is the shorter of the three. And she still has her head up. This is, this is your friend, right? Yeah. These are the other people. Here for the, the testify in the trial. Can you please yes. ask to see and the woman's face? Okay. And the guard will let oh, them in. So fucked. If, if you're cool with them in. Two and the guard enter ahead of Colston and his wife. And the guard says, Apologies, Earl. The travelers who were being kept outside of the city have testimony to bring forth in connection with the trial, based on this man, as he motions to Darwin, uh, this man's word. The Mineral asks, is this true, young man? Yes. Very well. Um, tell me, who's your friend? Um, the outsiders whose lives Ms. Frostfall valiantly saved. Ah, yes, yes. Um, before we allow them to the uh, witness stand... Tell me, how is it that you come to trust these people? Well, well. trust is relative, is it oh not? God, that you're going to screw me. I don't trust any of the witnesses you've had so forth, except Ms. Frostfall herself. Oh, well, that was impressive. Thank you. So I don't feel like I need to trust these people for their testimony to be relevant. You have if. to trust them, not me. So are you saying you don't trust a word that they have to say? I hardly know them. If you don't trust them, why do you wish them to testify for your friend? They offered to testify. Oh, God. I asked the defense counsel if that was a good idea. 
the defense counsel made his decision. I suggest you ask him. Mr. Gray. Darvin owes this gentleman his life. That is why we trust them. This is also true. Very well. Guard, escort them in. The door opens much wider this time. And all of you see a much more weathered-looking Colston enter the room. He's clearly been out in the elements for some time. Weeks. His hair's grown a little bit longer. He's got a five o'clock shadow going on. And he's got an eye patch. Definitely different from the last time you saw him. Mm-hmm. He walks in with the hood on his cloak down. And just behind him is one of the other outsiders. whose hood is still up. And they both approach up to the table. It says, Earl, thank you for allowing us in in order to speed up the, the proceedings here at the trial. My companions and I do know the defendant and good friend there as he motions over to you. Not saying your real name. And, uh, Mr. Gray, I realize I'm an outsider and, you know, you may not have complete reason to trust me, but I definitely believe you would trust one of your own far more. Um, if you will, my wife would like to speak. And she lowers her hood. I'm so worried about this right now. And there is a thin, half orc woman named Lorraine. And she looks right at Kara and just smiles. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at VanessaBlockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Website design by Patrick Dunkerley over at dunkdesigns.com. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com.